and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota Lynx and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and this week I am honored to be joined by seven-time WNBA All-Star, former Rookie of the Year, Finals MVP, four-time WNBA champion, someone who is on the top 15 of the WNBA all-time scoring list. You know her as Money Moan, one, the one and only Simone Augustus. Um, I, I really appreciate Simone uh, taking some time, joining the podcast. Um, we, we talked about a lot, um, everything Lynx related, WNBA, her, her career. Um, we, we discussed her, her top moments from, from arguably the, the, the greatest stretch in, in WNBA history, for sure, in, in Lynx history. But um, being a part of that dynasty era um, with, the, with the Lynx, um, winning, as I mentioned, four WNBA titles, um, we, we talked about her time, some of her, her top moments, her most, most memorable moments, um, her favorite moments, whether it be with the fans, with the community, um, on the team in general. Um, we, we did also talk about you know, her time coming to an end with the Lynx, which, which you'll, you'll hear in the, in the recording that um, you know, it is still kind of a, a, you know, a touchy subject for Simone. Um, you know, she didn't see her career ending the way it did. Um, in Minnesota, that is, um, and you know it, it. It you can tell it. It still kind of, kind of hits hits her deep as far as you know that time coming to an end. Uh, maybe before she had hoped it would. Um, maybe before either side had hoped it would. But ultimately, that's what took place. But Simone kind of talks about that. Um, you know what it meant for her to be a part of the Lynx organization. How it became a second home for her. Um, and everything in between. Then we then we kind of we we transition into talking about um, the WNBA this year. Simone says she watches um, you know the WNBA quite a bit, um, or whenever she has a chance. We talk about the links. We talk about the future of the links. Um, a little bit of a little bit of everything. Um, and it, it, it Simone is one of my my personal favorite players that that I've ever covered. Um, you know with with the links and in the WNBA. She's a great personality. She's she's a very joking personality, which kind of made her a fan favorite in Minnesota, among other reasons. Uh, but but she's also just a very genuine person, and she's very very nice, and she's she's always treated me well. Um, and she did once again on this podcast. So I I once again want to thank Simone for for joining the podcast. Um, I I hope you enjoyed the conversation with her and the sit down I I did have with her. Um, and uh, without further ado, let's let's kind of just jump right into things and and listen to the podcast with Simone Augustus, the one and only Simone Augustus. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good. Thank you for joining. Uh, thank you for for talking a little, uh, taking some time to talk a little Lynx basketball, a little WNBA, a um, little everything in between. So I, I appreciate you taking some time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Before we uh, before we get started, um, I know a lot of people are are wondering. I'm wondering myself. What what are you up to now? What are what what are what's life of of Simone like right now post basketball? Um, just enjoying retirement right now. Um, been a while since I've been around my family, so I'm really enjoying being around family, friends, um, catching up on some old hobbies, some new hobbies as far as like farming, gardening, you know, stuff like that. So it's just really kind of enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. What uh, t- kind of taking a trip back down down your career? What what was your time like with Minnesota? Obviously, it was a very, you know, it was a it was a very successful career. It was a very storied career. I mean, you accomplished a lot personally and as a you know member of the the team overall. But what what was your 
career like from when when you first broke into the league until until you you stepped away from from the links um it was an amazing like opportunity obviously i didn't know where i was going to go on draft night um it could have been phoenix it could have been minnesota um but i'm thankful that it was minnesota because it was a great opportunity for me to just learn about a place that i've never known um, I, like I said before, I remember the first time I got there, you know, the first question was, what do you know about Minnesota? And I had absolutely no idea. I didn't know much about Minnesota. And so no. um, throughout the course of my 14 years, I've learned a lot as far as the culture, the people, um, just the love that they share, you know, how they go about business. They're blue collar, hardworking people that just loves to win, but also loves to embrace their sports team. And so it was amazing to be be there for 14 years, enjoy the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, of uh, what a, you know, being a part of a professional organization could be like as far as the winning and the losing. And so it was just amazing to kind of go through the grind of losing and understanding what that felt like so that you can appreciate the moments where, you know, we had our dynasty team and we just kind of lived in those glory days and had an amazing run. So I'm truly thankful you know, to have been a part of a, t- a team and an organization that was, you know, very well structured and basically set us up to, to have the success that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you I mean, you, you kind of touched on it. You were there from the good, the bad and the ugly and, and, and all this, all the successes. I mean, you were, you were there from the very beginning and it started, you know, with, with you and, and the kind of the foundation that you guys built once you broke into the league. What was it like for you to, you know, now that you look back on it to to see that journey and to see all those, maybe the struggles are not, not maybe struggles but challenges um, early on, you know, paying off in the end and, and all the success that came out of it. Yeah, I know early on when you're in it, you really don't see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, um, but you just keep your head down and you keep chugging along. And as long as you see changes and actions being made within the organization to try to make the team better or try to get the right people in the right positions, you always feel comfortable. You feel, you know, safe. So I always seen those transitions. So it made me feel comfortable to stay and continue to fight through until we got to the times where, you know, we hired a coach Reeves and we started to get, you know, some of our better draft picks. We got the Maya Moores of the world that came in and just added this championship pedigree to, to what we already had as far as uh, myself, Waylon, and Bronson. And you still never really know if it's going to come together. And so to be able to just kind of go through that process and see the sacrifices that were made amongst all players and, and staff to kind of just make this thing, you know, go, it was amazing to be a part of that. Uh, that was probably my best basketball experience, you know, in my journey. And I've had many great moments, but, um, you know, we came in as strangers, some of us, and we ended up being family, you know, toward the end of it. And so I guess that's what the, the main thing was, the, the opportunity to just enjoy people in our, our journey. Mm-hmm. One thing that, you know, a lot of, I know Waylon's talked about it a lot, Sills talked about it a lot. I mean, everybody that was really a part of that, that core dynasty team, they talked about your selflessness and, and you being, you know, opening yourself up to everybody else coming into the team. Um, and when that that time, you know, when when that happened, um, what, I guess from your perspective, what was it like, you know, having all of those those new faces come in, not only, you know, Coach Reeve, but but all the teammates that you you had, you know, joining at that time. It seemed like it all happened at once. 
It did. It did. Um, and I welcomed it. I was ready. I mean, I had been through three or four like horrible years. We were the laughing stock of the league. And so it was a it was a point in time where it's like, well, I can keep scoring 20 points a game and we're not winning or we can start to build something here. And I've, the first conversation that me and Coach Reeves had was about just what was going to be needed in order to build what it was, this idea, this vision that she had. And I was all in from day one. And after that, it was just a matter of us trusting one another and believing in one another. And I think within the first week of practices, um, we started to experience that. You started to see people be selfless, not just myself, but everyone, because it takes a lot. You have to put your egos to the side in order um, to focus on a greater good. And it was easy for us to do so because we looked at the people that we had. Waylon's an amazing person on and off the court. Bronson's an amazing person as well. So it's easy for you to let your guard down and be able to give what, what is needed to accomplish the things that we did. Mm -hmm. Do you, now that you look back on it, do you have, and this might be hard to just come down to one, but do you have just one maybe top moment or favorite moment from from your time with the Lynx? Is there anything that that initially stands out? Is it maybe the first title? Is it even just getting that opportunity? Anything that comes to mind? Yeah, it's like it's always the first title, obviously, because mm -hmm. that's what we all dream of. I mean, I'm quite sure Waylon before she got to Minnesota had visions of winning one in Connecticut. Brunson actually did win one in Sacramento before coming to Minnesota, but um yeah, that first title is probably just because we had no eyes on us. No one cared. They really thought we was the same old links. Like we always started the season fairly well. And then all of a sudden something happened and we go on this ridiculous losing streak. But this year felt different. It looked different. And I think, you know, going into All-Star break, we had what? Not just myself. We had two other All-Stars. We had three All-Stars that year. First time in a long time to have multiple All-Stars. And just the conversation about the links in that locker room during All-Star break was um, – was a lot different. The way people saw us, they was just like, oh no, it's different. Like, oh, the Lynx might make a little run. It still was a running joke about the losing Lynx, but they all understood that the mindset and the culture had changed um, here with the Lynx and we was going to be a problem for some years to come. Mm -hmm. One thing you had, you had talked about, um, you know, when, when you uh, initially left the Lynx or I, it might, it might even be even, you know, after you, you had stepped away um, from basketball in general, but you, you talked about, Minnesota as being your second home and it being, you know, you, you, you talked about it. You were, you were kind of familiar with, with Minnesota and, and what, what it all would entail, but it became your second home. And one thing that stood out to me that you said was the connection between the Mississippi river, Minnesota and Louisiana, and just that it's all, it's all tied together. But what, you know, what, what was your relationship like with the city, with the community of, of Minnesota during your time? Uh, it was amazing. I mean, it still is. Um, being there for the 25th, I um, had the security officer take me to go and visit some of the fans that I normally see that's in the wheelchair section and so on and so forth. Um, it's like an undying love. Like, it's always going to be there. That connection is always there. We, um, you know, getting out into the community. Um, I used to do a lot of volunteering with Danielle Robinson when she worked with the homeless people at the Simpson house. So that was like a joy to get out there and see the LGBTQ community doing pride. Um, I ain't gonna lie. I really do miss the state fair. <laughs> I miss the state <laughs> hey, fair. Hey, it's coming up. It's coming up. I know. And I thought about making my way on up there. I'm like, oh my God, every year I see like the little advertisement or whatever. And I'm like, ah, uh, it just digs at my heart. But, um, 
you know, Minnesota has, has always been a home and just studying up. I didn't even, well, I knew the Mississippi river ran, but I didn't know that it ran from like the heart of Minnesota, like basically Minneapolis to the heart of Baton Rouge. And I'm just like, how divine is that? Mm-hmm. That the two places that literally tug on my heartstrings are connected in that way. So um, it's forever going to be there, you know, mm-hmm. that connection. How about the the Lynx fan base? I know a lot of people, and, and this is going to sound like a knock on the Lynx fan base, but they're a crazy fan base in a good way. <laughs> and they, what what was your relationship like with, with the fan base? Because I know you were you were definitely a fan favorite uh, of theirs. Man, I love the Lynx fan base. Um, now hearing stories from opposing teams and players, they're like, oh my God, they were the worst. Wow. I was like, that's <laughs> awesome. That they create an environment that you hated to play in and we love to play in. But I mean, they were amazing. I remember one time we came back. I want to say it was maybe the 16 or 17 uh, finals. We didn't expect fans to be waiting for us at baggage claim. And I mean, I don't know, a few hundred. We're kind of just waiting there. And it was like, you know, our little chant, like, let's go, Lynx, let's go, Lynx. And we were just kind of blown away because, I mean, they are invested. They come all, all ages, all races, all everything. And that's the most beautiful part about it is the diversity, the inclusion, you know, the beautiful rainbow of people that come to celebrate us night in and night out. And they give their all. And, you know, that's what we were able to feed off of every night to do what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. You, you you mentioned the you know coming back to to that environment and and coming back to Minnesota for the all 25 celebration what what was it like for you to um you know kind of reconnect with everybody all in one space and kind of have a big celebratory weekend kind of back at at, at the second home um in Minnesota <laughs> I know we hadn't seen each other in a while we kind of keep up via dms or you know whenever we see each other online but it was great to just kind of like have those conversations, hug each other, talk it out, you know, laugh like we did before and just, you know, really embrace each other. You never you never know until it's gone. And so while we were in it, we never knew this day would come or we wouldn't see each other for a few years. And then all of a sudden we pop up and it's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in so long. And people have babies now and books and all kind of crazy things going on in their lives. So. You know, that was an amazing um, time just to kind of gather us and also obviously celebrate SEALs, Jersey retirement and everything else. But, you know, it was good. To, it was refreshing to, to mm-hmm. see everyone again. Yeah. Uh, you, one thing that I, I talked to um, Renee Montgomery, I had her on uh, about oh, a month Lord. ago or maybe <laughs> a month or two ago. It was actually right before the All 25 weekend. Uh, I, had, I had her on the podcast and and she talked about she didn't, she didn't go into detail, but we, we talked a little bit about the, I was in the locker room for the 2017 um, celebration after the, after the finals. And I have a video of Renee dancing. And I asked her, I said, who, who has the most, you know, like hype or who has the best moves in, in the locker room. <laughs> and she, she almost went with herself, but she went with you. What, what, what do you think? What do you, what do you say to that? <laughs> Our locker room was the funnest place to be. Um, it was like our safe place. So we had a lot of fun with each other, uh, whether it be singing, dancing, it, I mean, you name it, we were in there and we were competing. We're a very competitive team, obviously. So everything that we did had some form of competition and, and you just wouldn't imagine a lot of things that went down (laughs) (laughs) in our locker room, but it was all for, for good because this was like, you know, for us, it was like our last, like hoorah before we had to like go out and be warriors on the court. So um, we really enjoyed and embraced that. And I would have to say 
Renee gave me a good run for my money. That was a battle that was constant between us, you know, dancing in the locker room. So uh, you can be the you can be the co uh, title or co champions in, in, that, in that category, right? Yeah, I will share it. I will share it. <laughs> um, talking a little bit about just just your time with the Lynx and, and kind of kind of how it came to an end. I'm not not asking to go into details and everything, but you know, obviously. I know you had mentioned um, in the past that it, it didn't end how exactly how you maybe envisioned it would. Um, now looking back on it, how how do you think? You know, looking back on that time, what are your thoughts on on kind of how things ended and and just kind of moving on from the links? You know, it was very hard. Like it wasn't an easy decision. Shit, I'm about to start crying right now. It's still kind of you know a sore spot. Um, obviously, you spent that much time and you've done so many amazing things your heart is invested into it. And, you know, I guess I kind of got blindsided by the business aspect of it. Um, but like I said, it's always going to be shit. <laughs> trying to get through it. I'm sorry. I mean, it's always going to be love there. It's always going to be like, um, you know, opportunity to grow. It's just like a family. You know what I mean? You get into it with your family member, maybe you don't speak to them for a while and then whatever happens, you kind of circle back around. <laughs> you kind of circle back around and things are a lot better. Conversations are different. Understanding is better. And so um, that's what it's kind of been is, you know, as far as like the hopefulness of the mending. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been great. Like I said, the 25th, they embraced me. I was able to come back and share those moments. And so obviously um, the healing has happened or has begun. Mm -hmm. So sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, I'm so sorry. What um, kind of kind of shifting gears um, to kind of this season and what what we have have going on this season? What what are your thoughts on on kind of what we've seen from from the WNBA or in the WNBA this year and and what's kind of taken place so far? It's been amazing to just kind of be a fan. I mm -hmm. haven't been able to be a fan for a very long time, so now I understand the mania behind like you know our fan base like they're just like we love it because I'm sitting here and it doesn't matter every game I'm watching whatever team at whatever time and it's just amazing to see the growth of the league um obviously the way that the players are individually pushing their brands and people are identifying with that um the conversations that they're having like they're still trying to push the needle forward we're going to continue to have these conversations about charter flights expansions these are all things that you know prior to I don't think we were as loud as we needed to be um, with the concerns of players, player experience here in the WNBA and things like that. But these young ladies are doing an amazing job um, just, you know, being on the front lines and doing the things that's necessary to uh, push this league into, you know, the direction that we hope for uh, in the near future. But as far as the talent, the talent is amazing. And I know everyone is anticipating this year's draft with Caitlin coming out and Paige and so many great players that's going to continue to help grow this league. So I'm actually excited about the possibilities of what could be. Mm -hmm. I, so I, I was watching the the commissioner's cup uh, championship and, and just the the battles between Las Vegas and, and New York this season. And, and everybody kind of, you know, anticipates them being, them being the top two teams as somebody who was in, I kind of view it as a similar thing to like the, the links sparks matchups of, you know, that, that, that dynasty era for, for the links. What, do you do you see you know as somebody that was involved in that do you see some similarities there of of just kind of the top two teams kind of battling it out and and them being kind of you know atop the league for for a few years 
Yeah, I do. I see some similarities, um, especially with like New York. Um, their team is kind of, you know, built similar to what the Lynx would have as far as like personnel. Um, but then there's also the like what we are watching is the sacrifices that need to be made to see how this team is going to gel together. And John Quayle initially struggled early on with finding her way, but not just certain players. And then now we're starting to see them kind of bring it all together the right like time of the year, like this last few, ten, like 10 games or so, you're starting to see them kind of pick it up. Vegas, on the other hand, is one of those teams just like real feisty. You know, they're going to fight to the end, defending champions, obviously, but they're a little bit disadvantaged when we look at the bench, the depth, um, and people wonder like how long can they keep this up? Like not having as much depth as some other teams. Um, but as far as the, the rivalry or the, the the competition that that this is going to create. This is what people are looking forward to. The Commissioner's Cup, I don't know that if they put the analytics out yet from last night, but I'm quite sure it's probably one of the most watched uh, Commissioner's Cup since we started it. And it's only going to continue to grow. That rivalry only continue to grow interest in this league and in those players and, and what we have going on. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about seeing where they can, they can go as far as building their dynasties. You, I kind of going off topic a little bit. Um, I, it just kind of made me think of, um, you know, expansion of the league. I know that that's something that, you know, players have talked about for a while. Coaches have talked about for a while. People, you know, followers of the league have talked about for a while, you know, speaking of the talent that you just had talked about and, you know, the amount of talent that's even going to be coming into the league in the, in the next few years, do you think that, you know, do you, as a player, you know, and have having gone through everything, do you think that roster expansion is maybe a little bit more important, or do you think a team expansion would be um, a little bit more important? I would say roster expansion, just because that's that's something that can happen right away. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we can add two or three more spots, um, as opposed to finding investors to invest in a team in a different city and building a different brand. There's a lot of things that players. You know, if you're watching the PA and seeing what's being talked about, there's a lot of things that players still need in order for their player experience to be where it needs to be. And, you know, for them to do that job, you know, mm-hmm. for them to be able to live a life of comfort, you know. So let's clean up those things before we start introducing, at least in my eyes, let's clean those things up, add new jobs before we start to expand. Because wouldn't that franchise have the same problems that we're currently having? even though we've expanded. So let's kind of clean up the things that need to be fixed. And then as we add new teams, then they're just walking right into the goodness of the things that we've already fought for, mm-hmm. you know? That's one thing that that a lot of players, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, players using their voices, maybe a little bit more than, I mean, players have always used their voices, but maybe even a little bit more vocally this, this year. Um, and that's one thing that a lot of players have talked about. Like, we have a lot of stuff that we got to figure out right now. We got to figure out, you know, charter flights. We got to figure out, you know, everything in-house before we kind of branch out. And and that's something that is is interesting to hear the player side of things um, talk about that. Because, I mean, you hear all the fans all the time. All the fans just want expansion. They want their league to grow. And and it's not that easy. Um, so it is it is interesting to, to hear that. And I, I do think that. I mean, you look at even like the links or even, in, you know, in, in your days that a lot of times you only roster 11 players, too, because that's, you know, that's all you can get or you want that flexibility down the stretch. And so it's not even 12 players. It's it's 11 players on most most teams. So I even expanding to 13 would be would be something. But Yeah, that's what we, you know, try to get them to understand. Like you don't have to hold 12 players on your team. So most teams have to 
at just have 11 and then that 12 is an option later on in the season. But I'm not sure if you have to fact check me. I believe in 06 when I entered the league, we had 14, maybe even 15 players. All of them didn't travel, but we had extra bodies for practice. We had, you know, we had an opportunity to develop those players if that was the case. And we were, that's a conversation that needs to be had as we see in a lot of these collegiate players starting to enter into the WNBA draft. And everybody's like, whoa, we got first round draft picks getting cut from teams. And it's because we're limiting our positions or, you know, the conversation around how can we develop these players as they come in from the collegiate level to prepare them for the pros. It's like you need those extra roster spots to be able to have them get comfortable in the home to build, build and develop them to become an eventual, you know, bench player, starter, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. When you mentioned talking or you talked about, um, you know, watching a lot of games, do you do you still watch specifically Lynx games quite a bit? Do you try and tune in as much as you can? I watch everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I literally do. So, yeah, I do catch um, a lot of the Lynx games, obviously. I'm super proud of Fee. MVP. Um, <laughs> it's going to be hard to get that with ev- the way everyone is playing. Stewie's playing crazy, Asia, but. I mean, I'm glad to see her on that trajectory of like MVP status or whatever. Obviously, Donna Miller is a bright young talent uh, that's entering the league. I would put her, you know, ahead of Aaliyah Boston right now, just because of the fact that the Lynx are in playoff position. But, you know, rookie of the year is kind (laughs) of based on what people see and what people feel. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but no, they've been doing an amazing job starting 0-6 and then now fighting, you know, in playoff position and everything. So. It's been awesome. I'm seeing. Is it weird watching the team that you used to play on? Is it is it weird seeing you know like the the links play when you're not on the court? A little bit, only because <laughs> I'm a strategy person. So I'm watching. They run a lot of the stuff that we used to run, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like I'm literally in the house coaching. Like, come on, cut, cut! It's open. <laughs> I see all these openings, all these cuts, all these things, and I'm just, like, yelling at the TV screen. I'm like, it's the same play, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's good. It's good to um, obviously, like I said, be a fan and now enjoy, you know, seeing them be able to execute or do some things that we were able to do. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on just just kind of the the stage of the rebuild and and kind of that process? I mean, obviously, it's – Everybody expected a, a rebuild after you lose the the caliber of players like yourself and and the rest of the you know the dynasty era team. Um, you know, Sill was kind of that last player last year. Um, but what are your thoughts on you know where they're at and kind of the foundation that they're they're building right now in in the job that Coach Reeve is doing and kind of maneuvering all of that as well? Yeah, no, they it really didn't feel like that much of a rebuild. Obviously, they missed the playoffs last year. But the struggles that we've seen other teams have during a mm-hmm. rebuild year hasn't been that for the Lynx. And you're, you're seeing them now and this year starting to get their footing as far as, you know, they got solid players in solid positions. All of them are young and they're learning. So that's the beauty of it. And yet you're in playoff positions. You're beating teams. The streak that they have when they beat Connecticut and New York without Nafisa, that right there tells you a lot about, like, it's beyond a rebuild. I think they're heading in the direction of like creating something solid to move forward. Like I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year or so they're actually top five or in the top of ranks of the, uh, in the WNBA as far as like playoff positioning and make really making a run for possibly a, a deep playoff run one year. So um, they're right there. Um, obviously Coach Reeves is a mastermind genius. She's been doing this for a very, very long time. 
Um, and it's no different. You can see the work that she's put in with these young ladies to just keep them um, effective, efficient. And basically, like I said, they run the same stuff that we did, maybe a few twist turns here based on personnel. But I mean, I see the same effectiveness she's had over the years with the same uh, with the team that she has today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of remarkable. The so the last what three years we've seen this exact storyline, you know, um, play out where they they start off with you know winless of zero and four, zero and six, whatever it may be, and then they turn things around. And I to me that that speaks volumes to, I mean, not only it takes time to mesh, you know, a team that we're seeing that with New York right now, they're, they're, you know, improving as the games go along. Um, You know, the same thing is with, you know, even if you're not to that caliber, same thing happens with, with any team. And I think that's, that's what's happened with Minnesota the last few years. That's, you know, I think it's a credit to to coach Reeve and and the coaching staff and, and, you know, continuing to, um, you know, build that chemistry and find ways to make it work on the fly. Um, And I mean, they're, they're tied for six. They're right in the middle of the, you know, mm-hmm. the playoff playoff hunt right now. And, um, you know, that's a, that's after starting on six, like you said, and, and they, you know, a lot of people thought that they were just going to quote unquote tank for the rest of Thank the year. So season, yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, I mean, and, and then you look at, you look ahead too. the, the, the possibilities with this team, they're going to free up some cap space this off season. They're going to have a good draft pick wherever they land. Um, I mean, just, over half the the first round is is a talented you know draft pick doesn't matter where you mm-hmm. land in the first round you're going to get a talented player but they they could quickly turn this around and like you said it didn't it doesn't feel like a rebuild it, it's it just kind of seemed like it was maybe a, a half a season reboot. or a season <laughs> and yeah a reboot and it's just retool and 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 keep going but um what what was it like for you to to work under kind of have that relationship with with Cheryl and and just kind of, um, you know, you guys kind of grew up together too at the same time of, of you know, that that era. Yeah, I know. We came in and obviously this is our first time coaching or head coaching on this level. Um, we had great conversation, communication. Like I said, when she first came in, she said she had a vision. She had things that she wanted to, to kind of get done and she mapped out how it was going to happen. And like I said, I was all in on the idea of this vision and this plan. Um, and we just kind of went from there. She started to bring, brought in Bronson, brought in Waylon, uh, got Maya, um, and things started to fall into place. And we saw, um, a beautiful evolution of the game, uh, the way we played. I know I learned a lot as far as being able to apply my athleticism to just logic and details. And I mean, she's a stickler for details. So it's just like being able to structurally execute each game plan, um, the way we needed to. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed just learning the game. She was like a teacher of the game. And I was able to obviously apply a lot of my logic, my intellect and my athleticism. And so that actually helped me elevate my game and others as well. We enjoyed breaking down the games and understanding how we can be more efficient or how we can be more effective on the defensive end of the court, supporting one another. And flying around and that was contributed to the way that she taught us, the way that she brought us together and, you know, how hard she pushed us to be basically the best that we can be. She always preached legacy throughout her time or throughout our time. And that's something that we wanted to make sure that we cemented and basically created something for generations to follow, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you guys. I mean, it's you don't need me to say it, but you guys definitely did that both on and off the court. It's it, 
you know, using your voices, using your skills, um, everything in between. It, it was a, it was a definitely a, a pleasure. And I, I, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people look back on that time and they're like, holy cow, like that, that was really a really special team. And I don't think we're ever going to see it again. And, and it's very hard to do because like you said, it's not only a mix of talent and there was a lot of talent, but it's a mix of, you know, people willing to make it work. And that's, that's just, it was a perfect blend of, of everything. But um, before, before we, we wrap up, I just, I just have, I wanted to kind of open it up one, you know, that open things up right at the end. If, if you could say one thing to maybe Lynx fans or, or Minnesota or, or anything, is there anything that, that comes to mind for you? Oh, Jesus. I already cried on you. I'm still like, <laughs> I'm still like, Oh no. Um, no. Nah, um, you know, I'm just truly thankful for my time that I've spent there. Obviously honored to, to have represented the Lynx for so many years and, and brought a lot of pride and joy uh, to the city, to the state. And, you know, I guess it's just a big thank you. I never did get to have that thank you, you know. And so I guess this is my opportunity just to say thank you for allowing me to be and enjoy and to grow as a woman and to become, I guess, legendary. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Simone. Um, it was it was not only a, a pleasure to, to cover you during the during your playing career, um, but but I appreciate you. You sitting down and, and chatting with me and, and kind of opening up about things. So I, I appreciate you taking some time um, and I wish you the best of luck in, in retirement. And, um, and, and hopefully you, you still got those dance moves that, that you and Renee were talking about. I still got a few. I still got a few. And maybe we'll see you at the state fair too. How about that? Oh man, don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Simone. I appreciate right. it. No, thank you. Thank you once again to Simone for for joining the podcast this week. Um, you know, I, as I mentioned, it was it was an honor to be able to sit down with her and talk to her and kind of break down things um, as far as her career, her time at the Lynx, um, and how everything has has transpired since then, and and what she's up to now. Um, you know, Simone is like I said, she's a she's a great personality. Um, she has a very kind heart and, um, you know, she is Minnesota basketball. Uh, she's one of the faces of Minnesota basketball. Um, so I, I really do appreciate Simone joining the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that, that sit down with her and, and there definitely will be definitely be more to come here in the, in the future. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Jeremy rushing for producing this podcast every week and does a great job in, on the back end of, of making this sound great and, and making sure that, that everything is, is fine tuned and, um, available for you all every week. So I appreciate you, Jeremy, and, and thank you for all your work at, at Hitting the Hardwood. Um, I also want to bring up um, our Patreon page. Um, I, I've mentioned this in the past, but patreon.com forward slash Hitting the Hardwood, you can find a lot of exclusive um, offerings, whether it's early podcast access, um, extra newsletters with that includes, um, you know, kind of bonus or exclusive content. Um, that I don't offer anywhere else. I, I oftentimes share nuggets on there that I don't share elsewhere. So it's that's one of the one of the perks of being a patron is you get that information, um, as well as you know just on our patron page you get you get bonus content. You get you get extra reaction pieces. You get bonus content from me. Um, you get you get as I mentioned earlier a, a podcast access much more. Um, you also get discount at our hitting the hardwood store. Um, just for being a patron. It's that's it's as simple as that. 
Um, and I, I try to, um, you know, I, I listen to your feedback. I want you guys to continue to, um, you know, submit that feedback um, to, to figure out how I can better, um, better suit you in our Patreon community and give you a top-notch um, experience because you're giving back to me. I want to be able to give back to you. Um, and I also am, am willing to, to hear any, you know, positives or negatives you have for me, whether it's a podcast, anything hitting the hardwood related, newsletters, whatever it may be, hitting the hardwood store, anything. Um, I want to hear your feedback uh, because I want to better perfect what, what we do on a daily basis and in the offerings that we do offer to all of you. Um, so go check that out, patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Try a seven-day free trial, test it out if you like it. Um, um, please consider to um, sign up for a membership on our Patreon page. I, I promise that it, it is worth it and there will be more included um, you know, here moving forward. I also want to give a shout out to our two uh, partners, as I do every week, Homage and Better Edge. Um, well, let's start with Homage. Homage is a, you know, a vintage clothing store. That's, uh, you, can, you can go visit them at homage.com. You can get a lot of Lynx gear, a lot of WNBA gear. You can you can get really anything you want there. They have great gear. They have very comfortable gear. That I think that's more important than anything else. And it's gear that just looks great. I, I have I've, I have three um, items myself. I'm definitely gonna be buying more. Um, it, it's great stuff, and it and it's not expensive either. It's it's actually really reasonable, um, and you get a high quality product. So please go check them out. Homage.com. H-O-M-A-G-E.com. If you do um, visit a couple of the URLs or a couple of the, the specialty links that we have on our, our social media, on our website, um, anything in between, um, you can find it find it really anywhere. Um, if you visit those links or if you click on those links, buy something um, at Homage, a portion of that uh, purchase comes back to support hitting the hardwood. It's not any extra cost to you. You're still paying the same as what you would either way. Um, but, but a portion of that, uh, purchase comes back to support, uh, us at hitting the hardwood and the work that we do. So we appreciate anything you can do. Um, and go check, uh, go check our friends out at homage. Um, and then betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Better edge is, um, one of my favorite betting apps. Um, you can go there and it's very user-friendly. You can play against other people. You can do competitions. You can do really anything. You can bet on the WNBA. You can bet on other sports. You can do whatever you want. Um, you can, um, you know, go, go bet against yourself if you want to. Um, I regularly host competitions. I'm, I'm kind of busier WNBA nights. Um, you can come, you know, join a pick'em league against me. You can take my money. Oftentimes a lot of people do take my money. So feel free to come take my money. I'm okay with it. Um, every once in a while I, I, I find, find, a. Um, you know, I, I get on a hot streak and, and maybe I'll win once in a while, but more often than not, I lose. So come take my money. Um, and it, it's very cheap. I normally do just $1 um, entry to that, that Pick'em League, so it doesn't cost much to, to join. And if you don't want to do that, check out other sports. Check out the WNBA. Bet by yourself. Bet with other friends, whatever you want to do. Uh, Better Edge is great, and I will continue to use it. I have been a longtime user, um, and it, it's a great platform to use. So please go check them out, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. If you go to betteredge.com forward slash links, you can use the promo code LINKS, L-Y-N-X. And if you do that, if you're a first-time user, you get a free $20 in, in, in money to play with. Um, so if that's a reason to convince you to, to go uh, check out Better Edge, uh, please do so. Um, it's a lot of great stuff, and, and they're a great company. They're great individuals. Um, I know I've been working with Greg a lot. He's, he's been phenomenal. Um, and they're just great people there at Better Edge. So please go check them out. Go check out Homage and Better Edge. 
um, and, and go check out those platforms and see what they offer because it's a lot of great stuff. And I, I look forward to, to continuing to partner with them at, at Hitting the Hardwood here moving forward. Um, with that said, um, that will wrap up this week's podcast. I really do appreciate you listening. I appreciate you listening every week. I appreciate you guys you know, sending feedback to me, um, responding with, with what you liked, what you didn't like, what guests you think I should have, um, you know, just kind of your reactions to the guests we do have. Um, I, I really appreciate any feedback you can uh, you know, send my way. If you do have any questions, email us at hittingthehardwood at gmail.com. I'm always open to, to uh, you know, interacting with you guys over email, on social media, whatever it may be. So please uh, continue to listen. Uh, please continue to check out Hitting the Hardwood. Check out our website. Check out the store. Check out Patreon page. Everything in between. Um, a lot of great work, and I, I look, to, look forward to continuing to provide Um, this Lynx coverage and this WNBA coverage for years to come. So thank you again for listening. Um, Here's to another good week. Uh, Here's to a a week filled with with Lynx basketball. They they have another kind of normal week here coming up. Um, So it'll be nice to see see the team continue to take the – take the court, um, you know, continue to fight for a playoff spot. They're in in the heart of a playoff race, um, which is kind of hard to believe with with the start of the year that they did have. But they're they're playing well. They're in the heart of a playoff race, and they look like a playoff team right now with – uh, you know, a few games left to play. So um, exciting time of the year. We're winding down to the end of the regular season, getting ready for the playoffs. Um, but this podcast will will remain um, will remain every week uh, throughout the rest of the season um, and, and beyond that. So I, I appreciate you listening. I'm really excited about some podcast guests we have coming up here. We're going to continue this, uh, you know, the list of, of strong guests that we have had. Um, but and we will we'll continue to also uh, enjoy the Lynx basketball season as long as we possibly can. So thank you once again for listening. I will see you all next week. I hope you have a great week.